the following presentation of laser song deride features previously unheard conversations from the following episodes. Season 2, episode 49, Miriam Sassy Stays Ready. Season 2, episode 59, Lane Games. Season 2, episode 61, Something About Narsi. Season 2, episode 64, Bad Politics. Season 2, episode 70, Sign and Kekwans. And Season 2, episode 75, The Consequence of Long Stroking. And now, strap yourself in for more laser song deride. Yeah, but if you think about it, a robot might look at you and be like, how can I use that thing? You know, at one point, a robot's going to look at you or like a, a, you know, a full figure person that was in your class since you were eight. Like, they might have kids that are robots in class to help kids who have teaching disabilities, you know? Yeah. But then those kids grow up with the kids. I don't know if you guys think about this shit. I think about this shit. <laughs> I have not thought about robo kids just yet. No, not yet. I'm thinking if, about it right now, though. Yeah, but <laughs> if you think about it, if they start using... Because they're going to put it under the guise of, like, these things benefit the elderly who need help walking, so they have an assist robot, and there's yeah. the... Yeah, it's going to be all assist stuff. Yeah, first, right? Yeah. Assist and like, company There's robot. kids that need uh, extra uh, help during class, so it's like there's these robots that grow up with them. By the robot that grows up with your child and teaches them to be a genius or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Because my friend went to a, a Singularity University, which is right by NASA. You go like 250 people a year or whatever. It's about um, the upcoming tech or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he was telling me, you know, there's robots that they built to grow up with you. Like learning your algorithm is one thing. Learning your routine and your spatial use is another. And then learning your, like the things that you think. So it starts feeding you what you, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you have like an Alexa at the crib, but it does everything for you. It pours your coffee, prepares your oh, breakfast. Yeah. It knows what you what you want. It's time efficient. Wow! All you got to do is manufacture a couple of holes in it, and you just found a replacement for a whole <laughs> bunch of these incel motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's definitely going to happen too. Oh yeah, that's I think bad. that it'll help. That it'll be an assist. Yeah, I mean the sex bot revolution is is already in full swing in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, it's pretty wild. I think about every level of this shit. I don't know. It's kind of like. Uh, I shouldn't overthink it, but it's coming. You have kids, so it's, it's a whole coming. different thing when you have kids. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. They're going to experience this shit. Because, you know I mean? yo, we started with tapes. I used, You know what I mean? Like, uh, anyone have a song they want to hear? Anyone? You got one? A song I want to hear, right? Yeah, just a song you want to listen to. Shit, man. Uh, I listen to a lot of like uh, soul shit and Usher. <laughs> I don't know, I've been listening to Usher, so... Like Confessions era Usher? Yeah, like you remind me, like the Pharrell Usher era. Mm. I love that era, man. Which song? Uh, You could play Confessions. There's a Confessions Mm. remix with like Twista and Kanye and everybody. (laughs) Joe Budden's on that one? Is Joe Budden on that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I haven't heard that one. He has a line on that that is 
very out of pocket. No, Ooh, no. What is it? I've never heard the Joe Budden version. But are you sure he doesn't have like his own bootleg version? He was on the official remix? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about like there was an official That's remix it. with Kanye and uh, I think Twista might have been on it. Like, uh, and then two other MCs were on it. Jada Kiss is on it. Yeah. It was the era when uh, Joe Budden's ad lib was, <laughs> Is that what he did? Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, yeah. His, 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 the, his signature ad lib in the game was, Hey, what's up? What joint is this? Confessions Part 2 Remix Kanye Twister Yeah man I listen to a lot of R&B music man I don't know It's just that uh, Because it was the high school era Like this was This was post high school But like my high school era Was marked by R&B music More than hip hop You know I don't know why Oh really? Which artist? Like from the age of like 13 to 17 Yeah yeah Hip hop and R and B had a very specific like uh, the way that it rocked. So like Raekwon would come on and do the eight bar verse at the top yeah, of the yeah. joint, you know? Mm, yeah, that's true. So there were these marker R and B joints that had the MCs that I was listening to on them, and it became a big part of music for me. Yeah. That, that that format was really uh, a, fa- a personal favorite of mine. Also, like the eight bar rapper verse with the R and B right into the verse into another eight bar verse yeah. that leads into the bridge that leads into the the, the, the chorus into the outro. Yeah. Okay. What what's going on in our ears? I think he's shaving in the music video. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah I think he's shaving. <laughs> okay. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know if he pulled a cord or something. Was that the was that the clipper in the barber shop in the in the previous? Yeah, uh, that sounds like a, a clipper. Previous, previous scene. Yeah, man. Maybe in high school you just listen to a lot of R&B because you're like in your feelings and like you like you're in love, maybe yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. You're just being like a weirdo. Of course, yeah. That's so a big part that. of it. <laughs> Yeah, it is a reverse lottery. There's a great documentary called Ripper Remix Manifesto, and they interview a couple of people who were victims of the RIAA lawsuits. One of them was a pastor at a church, and like there was a family computer, and the kids would go on there and download stuff, and so he gets the letter from the FBI, and he's like, well, it wasn't me, it was the children. And so the FBI were like, well... We'll uh, send you. We'll fax you a document, and you can uh, you can uh, indict the children. You can uh, wow. you can involve the children. You can point them out. And did he do it? Of course not. Oh, no, he. Of course they he did. Give me time. He, yeah, exactly. He was They're like just kids. Yeah, exactly. Fuck them kids. <laughs> they can do a year. Yeah, yeah. I can't exactly. do five. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I was I always wonder like what's the man? I was watching some shit about five G networks just oh, now. Oh yeah, that's just crazy. Why? What's sorry? What's going on with the five G? The five G networks are like the the guy is a guy that builds the the cell towers and he works for the companies that build the cell towers okay. in the states. And he said he's like, right now the kind of frequencies that come out of the four G and three G networks that we have, by the time they reach you, except through your phone obviously, but by the time they reach you, they've dissipated okay. enough, right? But with five G, it's like. It's like Cyclops, like the data is so smooth, right? That it, it's um, 30 times more, I don't remember what number he used, but something in the 30s, uh, harmful to your cells. It, it reaches the, the makeup of your cells. Okay. 
Yeah. It's it's able to the the frequency is able to reach that level because yeah. they're putting the boosters everywhere too is the thing they're gonna Bro, to yeah. get the strength they have to put the boosters everywhere that's a little terrifying I mean yeah. I, I know I know we're paranoid but like if you think about it at that level then you can start sending sonic frequencies over these networks to we all carry the re- the receiver I mean to alter alter moods you know. In 2017, I know it sounds crazy. It, it, it no. doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. In 2017, the Chinese uh, went on the record, and you can find it in the scientific mags that they were able to teleport something. They were able to teleport a single cell organism onto uh, a Chinese space station. What? Chinese mm-hmm. space station? Really? Hold on. They me, teleported. Let me, let me pull this a up. A single like. cell to a space station. How could they prove that? Okay, hold it's on. like a fax machine. Was there a guy on the yeah. on the space station? He's like, I seen it. <laughs> it just got here. <laughs> Yo, I seen it walk in. <laughs> just got so, uh, so this is an article on the MIT Tech Review, and it says researchers in China have teleported a photon from the ground to a satellite orbiting more than 500 kilometers above. Not a space station, but a satellite. It says here, uh, last year, so that would have been in 2016, a Long March 2D rocket took off from the Juquan Satellite Launch Center in the Gobi Desert carrying a satellite called Misius, named after an ancient Chinese philosopher who died in 391 BC. The rocket played Misius in a sun-synchronous orbit so that it passes over the same point on Earth at the same time each day. Misius is a highly sensitive photon receiver that can detect the quantum states of single photons fired from the ground. That's important because it should allow scientists to test the technological building blocks for various quantum feats such as entanglement, cryptography, and teleport. Jeez. I mean, look, that's way less specific. I mean, way more specific than you saying they teleported a single cell cell organism to a space station. To a Chinese space station. That was a photon. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But a photon is still a single cell. And they didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, though. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, it's happening. That's why when you put that Tupac meme on the on the Instagram and stuff, and like people, I mean, not that it mattered, but people definitely like because you were like, you'll be amazed how soft these dudes end up being and stuff mm-hmm. in the future. But like, what you meant by soft and what people would think you mean by soft are like two completely different. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah what's talking about the thuggish? What's the people's definition of soft? What well, we what a certain about? person would see that and think like, you know, dudes being not what was considered hard at one point in time, like 90s hard, like mm. like saying no homo and, I don't know, not being friends with... Ni- no homo is not 90s hard. No homo is 2003 to 2007. It's like True. Cameron and diplomats and shit like that. Well, what, pause is 90s hard, I guess? I don't no, know. No, that also... No, these are all 2000s <laughs> yeah, things. No, 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 oh, exactly. come on. There's no way 90s, they weren't saying no homo in the 90s. 90s hard, no, 90s hard was calling dudes... In the nineties, you in didn't. The 90s. They didn't joke about gayness. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even to be joked about. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fine, fair enough. But yeah, the yeah, idea. You couldn't even wear fitted pants. You were called gay for pants. Yeah. Think about that. Well, no one was wearing. They. I mean, you wouldn't even. Why would you even wear fitted pants back then? It was like there would be. There that's was true. no. I guess the only we were supposed to with a suit, and that's when they made their suits hilariously baggy yeah. and just yeah. took those oh, out. About NBA suits. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it. Man, now that is that's, a chamber. <laughs> that's when they were supposed to wear fitted pants the and Steve decided. Harvey NBA yeah. suits. Mm. Yeah, those were hilarious. They're fucking awful. But that's it. So that's definitely not what you meant by soft, but it doesn't matter. 
Not only am I down to my last nug in the metaphorical re-up of life, I'm actually literally down to my last nug right now now. And I'm going to bust it up. Oh, shit. It's time. It's murdering time. Oh, you guys haven't smoked this whole time. That's very unusual. That's why we're so. Uh, that's why we're so on. That's why we're in rare form. That's why you're. you're well, we're gonna have to is. smoke outside just because I'm a little iffy about this computer at the moment. Oh yeah. Oh shit. You think uh, you think that the that the, the, the performance issues are, are the consequence of, of weed smoke? No, it like yeah, it was wheezing on me, so mm. making real loud fan noises. I see. I cleaned it out. It's doing all right now, but there's no telling. Yeah, we. This don't is wanna... my test day. Hopefully, it doesn't die on me. Yeah, has it been? It's been. It's. Oh, that's why you're you're like watching the screen. I get it. No, that's just because it's convenient. I should be doing it all the time. How are we sitting in the next one? Have you decided? Have you thought about it? I haven't. Why would I decide? It's not my podcast. Oh, you're not going to take... Good for you, Mike. That's nice. What yeah. do you mean? No. You're a guest. No, fuck that. This is your studio. Be a tyrant. No. You sit on her shoulders. <laughs> if I was doing it for free... I'd be a tyrant, <laughs> but I'm not, so. Oh, man, I'm getting paid, okay. Well, in that case, you have to you have to recoil yeah. and let the boys be boys. And also, you know, I don't want to be involved in it. You don't want to be? No, I just want to sit where I sit, you know what I mean? But you do have to make sure it's recorded properly, obviously. Yeah, of course, that's, that's <laughs> literally my job yeah. in this case. So you wear headphones, that's how you'll make sure everything's... Yeah, I always wear headphones. Okie dokie, yeah. But, we're gonna, but you're going to be on the mic device. Yeah, of course. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. How many? How many people are we expecting? I don't know. There's maybe four of them. Okay. And one, some other podcaster. I don't know who. And a photographer. Okay, like the whole entourage. Well, usually. No, no. I'm just. I thought he was talking about on mic. Oh, I get it. Yeah, there's a whole entourage. So, (laughs) who knows how many people? We gonna see. I'm with it. How useful would teleportation be, though? Like. It would resolve the traffic issue. No, or you all get jammed up in the teleport. Yeah, everybody's stuck (laughs) in the vortex. Because everybody's trying to teleport. (laughs) Except bumping into people. Teleport traffic jams. You when you rematerialize, you rematerialize two people at the same time. Yeah. You shape like a like not done. If that starts happening, I'm not done. I mean it's obviously gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I'm going to teleport you. And then you know, remember in 2010, like 12, they were like, yo, we can clone people. We could try to clone people. Yeah. Then like they cloned a, a, sheep. a sheep and shit. This was pre-internet, so there's no real YouTube. There's like one YouTube video of the sheep. Yeah. Dolly. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. Dolly. And then it's like, oh, no, this shit is unethical. We're going to stop doing this right now. When have they ever <laughs> went along the lines of ethics when they've made decisions on like furthering for sure. But cloning is so evident, No, there's too. a guy who just came out. He, he cloned, like, a baby or some shit. <laughs> like, it didn't stop anyone. No, that's it. But cloning makes... Like, so I can wrap clones, my head around. Bro. There's yeah. clones. But a clone, it's nothing. It's just DNA. It's like, you are you, then they take your DNA. And then you... It's not like... A clone would be crazy if they could make a you grown. Like, two grown yous. But they have to make a baby you who has to grow up. Yeah, but does it have a soul? Like, yeah. it has to have a soul, right? So, like, what is that? What is that? Yeah, that's true. There, that are, be... there, are, there are questions. It's true. Where does the soul come from? Yeah, like, is it part of my soul that created a... No, no definitely not. No, no. It's, no, it's, it has it's, its own soul. This is a different person, really, that's when crazy. it comes down to it. 
it's just a different person that is pretty much exactly like you. Is, is one born with a soul? Is a soul Im- imbued in, into you? Like, do you develop a soul? Where does it go afterwards? What happens if you get, you know, is it in your DNA? Like, where does the soul come from? No, but I mean, if we're talking about cloning, then you start thinking about, like, they're manuf- they could be manufacturing people. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could be making people in labs. Yeah. Yeah. Just manufacturing empty vessels. Then you look at the robot dogs and shit, like Boston Dynamics shit. Mm. Yeah, the robots are getting crazy. And the flying drones with the gats. Yeah. Bro. My thing is the transhumanists, is the people with bionic, uh, 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 bionic arms and legs and like, that's that's, that's some whole other shit. I mean, I don't know how close that is. All All this shit being like, yeah, I don't know how close it is, but if it's manifesting and we're starting to see videos of it, it means they're ready. We're less than to 50 years it. away. We're yeah. less than 50 years away from it being like commonplace. Yeah. I would say. Oh, definitely. I mean, Barbara Streisand admitted that she's cloned her puppy a bunch of fucking times. Wow. Really? Wow. 30 grand. That's all it costs. I met, so I met Barbara Streisand once in Montreal. She was sitting in a whip. Yeah. What car? She was in like a. I don't know, man. She was in like a Dodge. Like, yeah, okay. It was like a four wheeler, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she was sitting in the window and I was like, Barbara Streisand? <laughs> It was right by between Schwartz and the Portuguese place. Like, mm. it was double parked. Somebody went down. There was two people in the car with her. Yeah, I crossed paths with Andy Dick once. I paid him no mind. Oh, <laughs> poor Andy Dick. <laughs> poor you, Andy Dick. You would get satisfied like flexing on Andy what Dick without, of course, <laughs> just walking away like, yeah, okay. fuck, fuck Andy you. Dick. <laughs> Suck it, twerp. <laughs> I was on a gray. I was on a on a bus uh, on my way back to Montreal, and uh, I saw Masari whipping a Ferrari yes. in downtown Toronto. Yes, I was like, mm. was he actually in a Ferrari? He was. He was in a. He was, it was either a Lambo or oh. a Rari, but oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a real deal, Holyfield. I was like, oh, this motherfucker, and I know it was him because the license plate said Masari. That's amazing. And if you're not Masari, what kind of grown ass man would put Masari on their license plate? Can you That's imagine true. it's not Masari and it's a super it's fan? A huge and, fan. Yeah, and, and Masari's like pushing a Honda. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, super fan is whipping Lambo. Uh. Yeah, where does Masari get money like that? Is Masari big? Yeah, Masa- if you're not Masari, I'm sorry. <laughs> Masai got paid, man, early. Did he? Oh, yeah. He had, he yeah, had he, some hits. He cashed out with oh, the yeah. quickness. I don't know what the whole story is, but he's good. He's the one who was in a group with, like, Belly, right? That yeah, they're on the same label. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah but yeah. they're in the same. Was it called Capital Profit? That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Who saw yeah. Belly coming? Am I right? Yo, I used Belly's to hate always... on Belly so hard. <laughs> me too, man. He was terrible back then. I thought he was a cornball. When Julian hit me up and he asked me to give him my uh, album of the year pick last year, I, I gave him Belly Immigrant, even though I didn't like Immigrant as much as I like Mumble Rap, for example, mm-hmm. or uh, there other other stuff that came out that year, like Sir or other things that I knew other people were going to talk about. I was like, I'm going to give him the nod because he's, you know, talking about the immigration reform in uh, in in uh, gangster rap space, and I'm all for it. I'm all for propagating that conversation in all the places that it could possibly fit yeah, into. Yeah, you know but I mean? he's dope, man. He's a good songwriter. Yeah, he's, he's really excellent. good. He's, he's always been a great songwriter, even even when he was younger and he was doing his solo shit. And it was like he had a double CD. I remember he had that double CD. Uh-huh. 
he was good, man. Yeah, you recognize talent in him back then because he was a he was pretty much. A, I'm not gonna lie, a you, I didn't see joke. it. Yeah. I didn't see no, it I mean there were songs that you that I heard that were not like the songs that they put out. Okay. I don't even remember the singles that he put out back yeah, then. Yeah. yeah, but he had like he he had politically aware joints on his record that were like in line of okay. how we were feeling at the time around the war. Okay, okay, so maybe okay. it was the singles that were really. Yeah, I yeah. never checked. Like, what were the singles? I don't, I don't know. remember. I just but remember they were seeing everywhere. the videos. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it was him and Masari. It was like a yeah. rollout. It was the two. Yeah. And I think he was penning for both. Like he's like he he penned a lot of the weekend shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, so, good yeah. for him. I'm I'm happy for him. Oh, I, I I'm 100% converted, and yeah. I have no problems really like good. like owning yeah. up to it. You know what I mean? I love that. To take. Whatever musical career in Canada and turn it into mm. a successful international career. Yeah. yeah, you can't be mad at that person. Yeah, it's too hard. It's a it's a hard journey and it's uh the industry is gross, man. So like you got to navigate a lot of dirty shit. You yeah, know? you yeah. got to be ready for it. And just like on a base level, to be able to turn your haters into fans and believers, that's that's the hallmark of talent. <laughs> That's the question. Is there a rugular in there? Uh, sometimes, but like a romaine or a kale. I do a lot of kale salads. Mm. Kale's a little tough. Oh, what's your favorite leafy green? Good one. I, I'm I'm definitely with the okay. spinach. The spinach? Yeah, yeah I'm a spinach uh, gang. Like spinach. Not for a salad. You like baby spinach salad? I hate baby spinach salad. Not just baby spinach, but I, out of all of them, I think spinach is the most versatile one. It's one with uh, with uh, with foolproof like benefits. You know what I mean. The rest of them, like I feel like the benefits are a little questionable. Not kale, kale. You can see the benefits of it. Yeah. yeah. But like uh, you know, uh, arugula, for example. Where, where arugula what are, is delicious. What were the health benefits of arugula? Oh, arugula very healthy, very healthy. <laughs> yeah. Eh? I don't know. Any dark, <laughs> any dark green. The only green is just iceberg that has like essentially no value. It's water. Yeah. It's just like. Arugula isn't even top three. Of your greens? No. What's your top three? What's the trifecta? Kale. Spinach. Romaine. And think arugula. Arugula at four. No, I say arugula cracks the top three. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kale, arugula... Arugula has a different flavor profile. Romaine is kind of like iceberg. From now on, when we say arugula, could we say it like they do in the East Coast where they put an R at the end of something? Something that ends in A, they say with an R in the end. Like arugula? That's just what British people do. It's what I've been doing. Oh, you've been? That's what made me think of it then. I just did it twice. You're saying West Coast people say that? East East Coast. Coast. East Coast. Coast? Like in New York? Yeah. Yeah. Like, instead of saying, I saw it, they'll be like, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, but that's like a British thing. Is that where they get it? I guess, if you're saying it's British. You, yeah, you know it's British. Like, instead of saying yeah, Emma, they true. say Emmer. Yeah. <laughs> it's so offensive. Very <laughs> it's very British. Emma. <laughs> yeah, because it helps us relate to one. It, helps, it sets, like, community guidelines for what's acceptable, sort of, you know? Like, what you laugh at as a community dictates what your values are as a community, sort of. Yeah, but that's not true, because a lot of gossip is people talking shit about things that they do themselves. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? No, of course. It's like, I'm a judge of this in another person, but really, I do it. 
Well, I'm not saying gossip is good, but I'm. It's important. It's like it's it's interesting. Yeah. To study it, but uh, yeah, but it, we're full of shit. I mean, yeah, we're 100%. all full. Of, yeah, it's ninety percent of its hypocrisy and and like what smoke and mirrors and diversionary. So yeah, for sure. Gossip but. is valid. It's just uncouth. It's unsavory to be a chatty patty. You know, when you're a person of integrity, you're too busy doing things to be talking about the things that other people are doing. Having said that, you'd be a fool to be an ostrich with your head in the sand and not pay any attention to what's happening. It's just essential information. It's good to know these things. Well, exactly. The idea that it's not, that it's to be above what's going on around you is just pompous and shitty and annoying. There's, like, a, there's a masterful way of gossiping, or at least of getting somebody to gossip without you yourself engaging it. That way you take in all the benefits of the gossip without being a chatty patty because you're not necessarily talking. You're just listening. You're just pulling information. No, just own the chatty pattiness, okay? Just own it. Yeah. Especially women are considered gossips and men are supposed to be above it, but it's well, that's the thing. shit. That's the thing. Gossip is a female trait. But it's not actually. It's just that's it's right. been it's relegated. That's to right. That. The, dirt, the dark, dirty secret is that men are even worse. <laughs> yeah. The things, oh, that, the things that men talk about amongst themselves, oh, oh, they wish they could record that into a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that is weird to think about because of the way that men present themselves, like, above that stuff. Well, it's also the way that men present themselves in their public personas, like... Uh, Unless you're a Charlemagne or, you know, you trade in gossip. Yeah. And you're in the business of gossip. Like, most men present themselves with uh, with at least a, a semblance of a veneer of honor. Or even if they're scumbags, at least they're, they're, they're still going to act like they're better than shit. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's going to own up to being a gossip, not as a guy. Guy-sip. Now, that is a program I would tune into. Guy sip. Guy sip. And because of sips tea. Well, yeah, guy sip. Okay, because it's also playing on gossip. That's right. Yeah. Tri- triple entendre. Don't even ask me how. <laughs> there's got there's stuff there. Well, yeah, you start mitigating the process, and you 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 might end up doing a disservice to the balance of the uh, of the the the, the, the multiple like, oh. dimensions. Because yeah. like, if you think about the fact like that. Uh, there, you know, there are three dimensions that we perceive, and and, and at least two that we don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to to think that death is and to, that life is the is the access into this dimension, and and death is the exit into another. If if death is taken out of the picture and you're kept on this dimension, what happens to the other dimension when there's not enough people are, are accessing it? Mm. Or is there yeah. going to be a mass access of it when uh, when they hit the switch and they George Bush the button? <laughs> right. But I wonder also if it's like part of our evolution to realize that this is just a passage, not to hold on to it so long. Like that it's not necessary to hold on to this life experience for the life, <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah. But like in the sense of saying like the only reason you're attached to it is because that's all you know. And it's just like once you know something else or you realize that you're more than this, or there's something completely out of outside of what you can fathom in your brain, 
um, then maybe you're not going to be so caught up about it. Maybe you're going to see it differently and make decisions. Or because we're going to figure out why the hell this game of life exists, we're going to understand what the soul journey is and then be like, oh, that's why I have to do all of that. I don't want to come back here, so what do I got to do not to get back here? You know what I'm saying? But whatever it is that that path is that we don't know about, that we all speculate, is something also self-soothing to not be afraid of that eject button or that, that the end. You yeah, know, like you can't end. be you can't be afraid of like getting into old age, or you can't be afraid of coming to the end of it. That's not just mean that you need to look forward to it, but just know that it's there, and you know, operate with purpose. And I think that yeah. people who, the, I think that the, it's the key of life is is are you deceptively simple. Huh? Are you afraid? I'm never scared. You're not. No, are you afraid to die? No, I'm war no. ready. Are you guys? Um, I think that as long as I experience fear, I am. Okay, you're scared of the experience of dying. No, like... no, I think that just the experience of fear okay. is like, like I feel like some of the parts that make us afraid a lot in life is you're afraid of not getting it right. I don't know, like if we, everybody can relate yeah. of not being enough. Uh huh. Um, but it's like, what is it that we're not getting right? You know what I'm saying? Damn. And what is it that we're not enough for or to? Or you know, us. but. Essentially, we have those fears of hurting ourselves, hurting ourselves physically, or being handicapped, or being like having something less, you know, of losing out. You know, we have different fears, but there's like seemingly a root to that fear, which is the end of this experience as we know it. Even when it's bad, even if you're in a bad experience, when you're about to experience a breakthrough, you're afraid shitless. What's yeah. the unknown? You know what I'm saying? You're so, of the yeah, unknown. so I feel like fear is that process of. Of like resisting a death of something, you know. So as long as you live in fear, you are afraid of death, and um, that's how I see it. Like I can't claim not to be afraid of death because I don't fucking know what death is. Essentially, I just know life right now, and I know that death means the end of what I know to be this. So at the end of the day, if I can live my life in a way where I'm not resisting that possibility, then. I'm not afraid of death, right? But then I'm living my life under the attitude of that state of being, of not resisting, of not being afraid of shit. Like, because yeah, yeah. what are you really afraid of in the end? If you knew you were immortal, if you knew you had a reset button, would you really be afraid of how the day goes by? If you knew tomorrow you can restart and just be like, ah, yesterday didn't go so well, let me remind yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, how would your mind work then? You know? And it's yeah. just, and it's all perspective, but I would honestly say I think that. You get sad. We would lose ambition. Yeah, yeah, we become sloth. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. there's no spontaneity. Well, there's no there's nothing yeah. of like. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean shit. And yeah. that's why like extreme sports don't mean the same shit when you're in a controlled environment. Like a gymnast practicing on pads is not as exciting as when he's like flipping on that one thread. Like when they, when <laughs> like, they cut the net out and they're just yeah, like, oh, it fucks yeah. it up. It's over for exactly. him. This is like literal Middle Ages because there's even the like do 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 behind. So nice work, Wayne. Sound man. Yeah, would you go to would you go to the uh, to the public square and, and procure yourself some uh, some expensive linens? Linens? Yeah, probably. I wonder what was like a, a good cotton or something, a good cotton blend. Yeah. It was probably like a stiff woolen material. <laughs> yeah, it, was def- it was so stiff, probably. Yeah, it was definitely a stiff woolen material. Five pence for the wool of my finest lamb. <laughs> I don't know. 
Why am I laughing? It's so ridiculous, but I like it. <laughs> if you had a Middle Ages job, what would it be? Oh, the Middle Ages was brutal. I'd probably be like a prostitute, honestly. Damn. Yeah? That's like the only job there was for women. Uh, that's... No, I mean... Or like, a school teacher. Yeah, you were like... Uh, like you could have been a maiden. Yeah, making bowls out of like... They fucking... didn't let women do anything. Of course they did. Yes, no, women would just do like sewing or like mending. They were lady artisans, yeah. definitely. No, no, no. 100%. No. Yeah. You just got to do mending at home for your husband and your sons. That's it. No. You didn't leave the home. Well, you're better off doing mending than doing mendong. <laughs> Oh, That's true. God. That's Folks, true. That is a trademark right there. Mendingdong. <laughs> Mendingo. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I, for one, would be a cobbler. A cobbler? Yes, I'd be uh, fixing everybody's retros. What's nice. a co- Oh, is that shoes? Shoes. Yes. Yeah, it is, right? No, because I was thinking cobblestone. Yeah, but that's okay, I get it. Cobbler. I mean, what I'd like to be doing, like, I don't know. What do you think this question is? This question is, what would you I like to I thought realistically what I'd be doing. Okay. Okay. And you'd realistically, you'd be hoeing in the Middle Ages? Word? Well, I'm just saying there's no other job. So I'd either be a housewife or I'd be a there prostitute. There are other jobs. Though. No. You're this is wrong. very similar to when we were talking about your mom telling you she needed to fuck. Is that you build your own parameters around the question <laughs> that you then stick by. There's other jobs. Okay. We've told you several other jobs. You didn't. You said you said artisan. Yeah, that's one job. <laughs> they weren't making... Women weren't making, like, ceramic bowls back then. No, I would... You know, when you, like, braid the bowls? Baskets? Baskets. <laughs> <laughs> Braidable. Is that what that's called? It's called a, a basket. <laughs> From the makers of Build-A-Bear. <laughs> Braidable. Yeah, Braidable. Oh, oh, man. man. But yeah. Okay, fine. I'd be a basket weaver. Oh shit, that's what it's called. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> Better than home. And what would you be, Mike? I'd be a drunk violin player. Oh. If I was in. It'd be a fiddle, Europe, first of all. A fiddle player, yeah. But I don't know if they let black people do that. <laughs> oh, now we've entered. Yeah. Unfortunate yeah. territory. <laughs> well, you would have. You just wouldn't be around white people. You'd be like around black people. I don't know. Am I the the sperm or am I the egg? No, but it's Am I the sperm or the egg? I don't know. World soccer is is rife with corruption, and uh, it's it's most obvious in CONCACAF, the the North American, Central American, Caribbean Confederation. Uh, There are two examples that I unfortunately can cite with with Guatemala involved. Um, One was... um, uh, the playoffs for the 2006 World Cup the fi- uh, just to kind of like break it down as simple as possible the way that it works CONCACAF the co- because all the countries in the small islands are about you have about 50 teams all in all and the uh, way that the World Cup is set up is that this confederation gets three slots and then a fourth slot which is a playoff with another confederation sometimes it's the Asian one sometimes it's South American sometimes it's UEFA, the Europe, the European one, and so uh, the way that it works is that through the playoffs, you eventually get to the final stage, which determines the who are the three that go directly to the World Cup and the fourth one that goes to playoffs, and they call it the hexagonal, the hex. So it's six teams. 
In 2006, it was Mexico, the United States, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Panama, and Trinidad. And so it goes down to the last game. And uh, Guatemala playing against Costa Rica. Mexico is playing against Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad were, while not a weak team by any means, they, they wouldn't have necessarily on paper won against Mexico. And Guatemala was uh, had tied in Trinidad in a controversial fashion because they had one of his one of their players got cut, and because there was open open wound, open blood, they pulled him off of the field. And the time that he was off the field, they scored two goals on him. They didn't uh. stop the game; they kept the game running. So that was controversial. <laughs> That's weird. It's it's yeah that that kind of that kind of and so the final game, um, Mexico is in Trinidad. Mexico loses. And uh, Trinidad go to the playoff spot and eventually go to the World Cup. Guatemala gets sent home packing. The rumor is that the president of CONCACAF, who was a Trinidadian man named Jack Warner, had uh, vested interest in Trinidad making it to the World Cup and had bought favors from the Mexican Federation. And this was actually admitted by the the coach at the time. It was an Argentinian man named Ricardo Lavolpe. He went on the media and he he talked about not wanting to have any problems with with the Confederation. And then another time was... Uh, there were Argentinian th- rats. Oh, yeah, rats. man. They'll squeak. He's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he squealed. Yeah. And then uh, 2010, South Africa. South Africa player friendly against Guatemala, beat them 5-0. That was done for the spread, and there were three Guatemalan players involved who were fingered in that and uh, or were banned for life from, from being able to play. Uh, life, huh? Yeah, it's and it's just happening everywhere all the time. It hap- It's happening in El Salvador. It's happening in, in in plenty of other countries where like they're just uh, yeah they're just buying up uh, they're buying up favors and it's all a spectacle. And like what's crazy with world soccer, the way that they have it set up is that they play on this on people's sense of nationalism, or like there's a lot of politics yeah, yeah. surrounding the national team and who makes up the national team and the outcome of the national team and feelings of racial superiority or national superiority mm-hmm. you know they, 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 they tug on those emotions on, uh, on people in order to get them to you know buy into the shit yeah that's why I don't, I don't like sports like world sports like that like it just creeps me out sort of yeah that's why I do like it <laughs> you know what I mean you lean into that shit there is just something very enjoyable about tribalism you know what I mean and I don't really I don't believe like in it as a philosophy, but it's naturally ingrained in us. So it's like a very, it's an easy way to get it out. And like, in a healthy uh, way. Yeah, exactly. without <laughs> Without borders. Exactly. And with fucking. avatars of athletics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, uh, I guess, true. Yeah. Creepy, but true. Because it's bad. <laughs> What if it's I don't know someone real close? You no, can't, I can I can tell you this. I've, can somebody get a light? Um, I can say this much, okay? Um, I've experienced toxicity um, and emotional abuse and like like really what a rotten attitude is made of, you know? And the impact it has. So I'm not trying to minimize that in any way because I do believe the worst shit is a rotten attitude. Okay, and there's yeah, degrees yeah, well, to I mean, that. There's degrees to that, you know? 
but in a real factual experience, I still think we're an egg. No, that's fair. Sure. This question but, is for uh, you, anyway. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is this. Like, rotten attitude is definitely, like, when you rank it from being a brat to being depressed to being a, to being negative and all of that stuff, I'm okay with that. But m- malignant, malicious, calculated abuse in the intent of destroying somebody is definitely something that you know like I don't even know what the worst of the worst is but that's the type of shit that everybody is afraid of experiencing in their life but the reality is that we all experience that we are under a system that makes us live that way we are under a narcissistic psychotic fucking system so I feel like because I grew up where I came from I almost been desensitized by how deeply fucked up it is to live in a toxic environment and so it's crazy to say it like that but it's the same way how over sexualization has desensitized us from sexuality period and intimacy and connection and what the fuck humanity means you know what I'm saying so when you think back at it the frustration that you accumulate by feeling like you missed out the whole point of life because the whole system is placed in that way like of course you're just gonna be forever depressed and become that rotten attitude that you hated it they had so much less information back then you know like if it wasn't working they had nowhere to go yeah like how would she know yeah and like how would he know he he where where were resources back then before the internet where would you go to ask these questions oh no latin american men are dogs like they're like they shit is a mess out there like like everybody's fucking yeah but let's he a guy's not gonna go to another guy and say i can't make her come so it's like it just sucks. Before the internet, if you weren't, if it wasn't working, it's like yeah. If rural Central America had yeah. Reddit, you think there'd be a bunch of threads like like with self help, like well, you gotta you gotta tickle it <laughs> counterclockwise. I'm just saying there was no resources back then. Communication. Well, something. Oh, between the two partners. Yeah, just communication. That's mm. the resource. Yeah, but that doesn't work. No one does that. I mean, let's just ask the Chinese, y'all. Why them? That's what I always say. Bruh, why them? Because the what? The numbers? What are we talking about? I think we're talking about the numbers. I mean, listen, listen, we can all agree. We can all agree. <laughs> oh, no, that's never that, right if that number came out to be, there's been a lot of fucking going on. Okay, that's it. Can we agree to that basically? But again, yeah. fucking doesn't mean good fucking. That's doesn't all. mean good fucking. I'm just saying there's been a lot. And a lot, I'm not saying qual- quantity is quality, but there's got to be some quality within that quantity and somebody figures some shit out. You know what I'm saying? And then the next ones are what, the Indians? I think so, they're they high. They came up with the whole... The, oh, that's true. They probably have I'm just way saying, they got sense. secrets we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Dynasties of secrets. It's true. No, I'm definitely assuming Indians have better sex. Yeah. <laughs> and with yoga and yeah, their yeah. presence. Yeah, the breathing. The breathing. Come on. <laughs> exactly. The diet, you're just fit. You know what I mean? You yeah. go for hours. Yeah, you're, sl- yeah, you're limber. Delightful. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I mean, the, uh, to me, the Chinese came up with some of the craziest martial art the world have ever seen. And they understand shit about the body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are still figuring out a day. Roundhouse that pussy. So who's having the worst sex then, let's just say? Uh, oh, culturally? Yeah, culturally. Interesting. This might I would have offensive. said Arabs for a while, <laughs> only because of the way my culture is set up. 
It's probably like British people. Like just super Anglo Saxon. They're probably not having good sex. A- Anglo Saxon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because American sex is nasty as a motherfucker, but British sex must be prim and proper. It might be like, Maybe and the not. woman wouldn't want to It's actually become. the nastiest shit you ever fucking know. Oh, no, I got it, man. It's like the Amish and shit. Ah. Uh, they're definitely not fucking. <laughs> they are through a sheet. Like yeah, the through whole a sheet. Orthodox Jew. Oh, man. Orthodox Jews do it as well, if I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The whole, Maybe that's the what whole I'm wig, the I whole think you wig are, is yeah. a situation exactly. that is like a pass down culturally because of a, a very dire situation where like they didn't want their wives to be raped, so they would have them shave their heads, and then it became a thing to identify like the wives of uh, certain uh, certain men, and I don't know if it became like part of the attraction in the end, and so the the wig. Story. If I'm not mistaken, I could be totally off, but that's part of the Wake story in uh, the Judaic, uh, the Orthodox Jew- Jewish practice, and the whole concept of having sex through a hole in a, in a sheet. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because in Islam, it's not that. It's more about taking the virginity of the woman on blank on the white sheet so that you can prove that she bled her virginity uh, out. Right. And then you show that to the world, like, yes, you my actually daughter has hang honor. it on a clothesline. Yeah, it's a cloth. Yeah. It's a cloth. But yeah. you hang it on a clothesline at the, yeah. at, the, at the hotel where the marital yeah. relations occur. Exactly. And everybody's waiting by the door. For the moment. Yeah. Yeah. This is too much. So, right, it's like everybody's here, like, to hear you being raped for the first time by a husband you've never met. Yikes. Yeah, the British used to do that. Like the royalty. Like when yeah, a they king would do. and a queen would like get married. Yeah. Everyone would watch them fuck for the first time. No, not watch. But you no, would be literally. Outside of the no, room. they'd be in the room. <gasps> watch them? Watch yeah, them? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. See, what? And that's yeah. like in the royal stuff? Yeah, that was all the royal stuff. To make family. sure like she was like a virgin. Yeah, it was like parents. I don't know. Like people what? high up. Hey guys, this is crazy. <laughs> like this is because already incest is a thing, right? Like because of the royal blood thingy, like incest yeah. is a thing in long, long royal, like long line blood lines of yeah, like cousins and stuff. Well, ever yeah. since the pharaohs, we know that shit, right? But this is this is ne- this is next level, y'all. Like I don't know if I don't know. This is a bit twisted to me. That you kind of like the whole family watches you do it. I mean, I don't think they That's like the beginning of porn? <laughs> what is it? It's, it's definitely high-level voyeurism. If I had to throw a, a horse in the race for a worse sex, I'm going to say the Siberians. Like, people in, like, the, the, the Arctic regions. Cold yeah, ass. it's frigid-ass sex. Like, but maybe you're trying to really fucking I mean, heat it up. Or, Men, yeah. Right, point taken. Exactly. There's nothing else to do. You might as exactly. well just fuck. But that doesn't mean that it's quality fuck. No, it's true. For his little assistant to get a speaking role on his podcast. It's a podcast thing, man. Yeah, no, they include people. They include peripheral. They like let them in. Yeah. Why? Why does? Uh, why does it have to be a little assistant? What if the assistant is like the single reason that uh, these motherfuckers get anything done? Yeah, but I mean, I agree. Well, the, they work hard, and it's like uh, it's taxing for sure. It's a lot of, but they're like interchangeable, you know, like. You're doing pretty minute. Ta- you're do you're like it's a it's an or- you have to be organized. You have to be like there's a, a, a skill set, but it's not a creative thing. It's not like a so. It's a it's a big vote of confidence for her to be able to get a I speaking mean, role in his thing. At this point in time, everything is like a 
like every job comes with a creative component. A, yeah, a creative or like yeah. on screen like component. Like you have to sell yourself in fucking everything. It's true. Like every fucking thing. It's true. It's crazy. It's weird. I guess it's like the one day we'll all have our fifteen minutes of fame. It's like, oh I guess that's a fact eventually. It has been. Or we'll strive for it. We're not going to get it, most people, but everyone... Well, I mean, it kind of depends on what, what size fame we're talking about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's what... I was telling you that the biggest thing, like, I find with the advent of the internet and certainly social media is everyone says, oh, it changed us and made us more narcissistic. We always want to see ourselves. Like, yeah. I don't think that that's changed that much. No. I think that's always been there. Yeah, definitely. What's changed is everyone... Most people had... A regular life. They went to their job. They went home. They hung out with their friends on the weekends. They barbecued. They had two weeks vacation. Like now, we all think we are supposed to have big lives, and yeah. and everyone's supposed to ma- and everyone is supposed to be have this big like a life. Yeah, and it's like no, I would. I just want to be a dude. I just want to be an anonymous dude who hangs out with my friends. And now we're all supposed. You could to- do that now. No one will judge you if you want to be a dude. <laughs> That's that cool. was not. No, <laughs> sir. And also, what about the vegans? What are they barbecuing? Onions? Yes, onions, peppers. Portobellos. Mm. Did you say vegans to be weird, or do you really say vegans? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad so you If you say it. vegans, I am like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about dudes, though. Is this dudes as well, but like. Using, like, oh no, dudes are, are just as vain. Dudes are more vain than women. More, you think? Yes, I think dudes are more vain than women. In what way? I just don't think they're exploring. Like, the same way I think a lot of women are doing this for, like, like for their own self-exploration and stuff. I think a lot of dudes are just doing it for, like, vanity. and I think dudes are more worried about what people think in that respect. I think they're equally as vain. Yeah, I'd be willing to say that. I mean, it's kind of the default, right? But if you had to quantify it, I think there's too many ugly motherfuckers out there to think like there's a there's a there's a threshold of ugly where like vanity is completely out of the window, out of the question. It's like it doesn't fucking matter. You fucking slob. Get get to fucking work. Shut the fuck up and do it again in the morning. Yeah, that's and that's just. But that's what's so good about that the body was, positive movement. I think is like all these women reclaiming their space in the world. Sort of. It's not about being good looking. It's not about being perfect it's not even about being it's just about existing it's about like i fucking exist and you guys don't want me to exist because i'm ugly maybe or i take up too much space physically or i i don't belong or i haven't like i'm not conventionally good looking but it's like i exist and i'm gonna take up my space that i'm owed all these years that we've asked them to like not exist sort of so i think it's I mean, I don't think that anyone is owed anything, but definitely reclaiming your space and learning how to master your space. Like, nobody asked. Uh, these companies didn't ask for permission to put the fucking billboard in my face. Like, I, I don't need their permission to, to exist. I don't need nobody's permission to exist. But yeah, yeah media exactly. Training. Like, don't be afraid to turn a camera on yourself. Don't be afraid to find the beauty in yourself. Like, yeah. it's cool. Like, do it. Here's, yeah. here's how, you know? Like, that. that's what I'm talking about. I'm with it, though. I'm with those ideas of... I think they could just get a YouTube tutorial, though. Yeah. That goes for everything. Yeah, but I find it strange how people have a hard time conducting searches on the internet. They'll still ask really obvious questions. No, they don't Google, but they'll YouTube it. 
bet you could get him to do. I could try. But, I mean, media training high school students would be crazy. <laughs> that would be like... I mean, you're throwing these kids to the wolves. These are natural fucking things that are happening with our evolution. And you're saying, like, fully just accept that and, like, become a vacuous piece of shit. I mean, look at look at the, 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 the makeup that the world is in. The average person's only access to the internet is through their phones. Their only camera, their only music device, the only thing they'll ever know is their phone. So... And, and yet, in this one device, you a, a person can create something that can that can multiply and they can eventually monetize should they use the tools in the correct way. So it's just a new form of literacy is all. Media literacy is important in a day where we're documenting our every move. But it's the natural evolution of humans. It's the same thing as the cave paintings. You know what I mean? Like, it's just amplified. <laughs> Yeah, media train, media literacy. I think is important for sure. Absolutely. Like all these parents are like, oh, I don't want my kid on devices and stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, they're not going to be able to function. Like they're like, this is the reality, and yeah, they need course. to know pop culture references. They need to get the jokes. They need to know the memes, or else they're not going to be socialized properly. And they're, you're going to have like that's not that's not fair to do that to your kid. You're like setting them up for failure, sort of. I think it's it's making sure that that. that they, they still have a rich life outside oh, of the yeah. devices. Yeah, 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 is that yeah. if the, the, the parents that, that let their child become device dependent are, are the ones that are the problem. I, I think that keeping them away until they, they learn some basic life skills like like respect and, and, and being upstanding, yeah, that'll beat like, you know, your, your YouTube time. No, for sure. No, I mean, the devices are toxic, like, entirely, but they need to have access to them and learn how to do it but socializing yeah. goes beyond the means it goes into you know being around people from from different life conditions and that look different from you and that you know you go through something together and you accomplish things together and you understand that the, the basic shit that makes you not a piece of shit you know yeah looking people in the eye saying hi saying bye saying please saying thank you trying your best i mean i don't really care about it half of those things well you don't have to some people are just awkward like that too you know what I mean I might be one of them no you're media trained hell no I, I hate awkward. I hate the camera <laughs> I look awful dysmorphia is real too like we can have such an idea of what we look like that has no actual bearing on what we actually look like that it's yeah. crazy what we can see with our own eyes it's funny even doing a little bit of styling, like dressing people a little bit, that when you, you come into contact with people's base insecurities and stuff, and the cra- people will think the craziest things about themselves, and you're like, well, you're worried about that? Like, like, this is what you should be worried about. But yeah. they, it, and it's really crazy That's to terrible. see that people are like that. No, the, the joke you just made. I that. know, I know. Imagine, I was like, here, Man. focus your attention on this thing. This is what's actually going on with your body. But... And it's so sad, really, actually, to see what people are so... And they're like, no, 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 I can never. No, 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 I don't do that. Yeah, but I mean, that happens to you, right? Yeah, I have it too, for sure. I'm sure, like, yeah. I think I'm a bit more conscious of it than other people, but I'm not necessarily... I don't have a gra- better grasp of it than other people. I know I'm super self-conscious about certain things. I don't think people even realize how self-conscious they are sometimes when, like, 
and how much they limit themselves and how much they see themselves in a certain way that no one else sees them. It's crazy to see. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, sometimes I see myself when I'm like completely not self-conscious. And I'm like, shit, I should have been self-conscious right there. (laughs) 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 Shit, I look crazy. (laughs) And nobody told me. Everybody's like, see you, you know. But have you ever seen the, have you ever done the opposite where you felt so bad about yourself and then you see yourself and you're like, what the fuck was I worried about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You're like, what even was I thinking? Like, none of that was true. It's so, it's crazy what we can tell ourselves about ourselves, sort of. Okay, I think it started out good and it's finishing out a bit bad. (laughs) Take your time. No, 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 I, I do it. I do it deliberately. At Loop Sessions, there's a beat maker. His name is uh, Vegan Cat. I introduced him as Vegan Cat. Kind of got mad. He was, like, <laughs> he, was like, he was like, it's Vegan Cat. I'm like, I know what I said, man. <laughs> I know Vegans what I said. Touchy, I said <laughs> what I said. <laughs> what was your point? Just that, that I think that's the biggest change. And so oh, okay, it ties yeah. back into, yes, the idea that everyone is supposed to have this big life. Everyone's supposed to be ready for their fucking day on camera it's like, solo yeah that's it and it's like what the fuck no 90% of people are not supposed to have big lives we're all mm-hmm. supposed to just have regular lives but now everyone thinks they're supposed to have a big life or they're trying to have a big life yeah. or that's all that's what's weird yeah how has your week been um I'm I'm uh I, for the for the listeners I turned 35 last week uh, which is not a valid point of reference because we're going to hear this way later. But uh, I wanted to thank you guys for coming to uh, to my birthday uh, shindig. It was a good time. I DJ'd uh, for like four hours at 180 gram. You guys stuck around for a four while. Hour, more than four hours that you were there? I was there. I got there at around like 10.30. I started playing at around 11. Okay. Because we left. I feel like we left. A, I get... Near four, or when was three? No, I guess we left at like three. three, and it felt like yeah. you were still yeah, going exactly. for a while. I so. went on until about three thirty, then. Hmm. Uh, and then you guys went to the park. Yeah. Did ex- that happen? Yeah, exactly. That okay. that happened after that. No, it was fun. We never do anything, and it was fun to do something. I was like, oh, this is how this feels. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to be on a boat amongst human beings. How's thirty-five feeling? So far, so good. No, I like it a lot. No existential dread. No, I, okay. because did thirty-five feel like a big deal? No. No, it just came and went. It was. It didn't. The thing is that thirty-five kind of gives you a bit of. Uh, there's you have no excuse. Like you're. This is the last year of the eighteen to thirty-five bracket. That's a real I, bracket. It's true. It's a legitimate bracket. So like, as of next year, I'm out of the bracket. I'm a full-fledged grown-ass man. So there's a slight pressure in terms of accomplishing certain things, like getting this rap album out of the way. Uh, you know, making sure the podcast takes off, making sure that certain things are in place, you know what I mean? Making sure that my, my financial situation uh, will allow me to uh, start a family. Like, I, that's, that's really the, the headspace that I'm in these days. I'm in a very family-oriented space. I'm spending a lot of time with my, with my parents, and, you know, I'm starting to plan in those regards. I think that what's next for me is to sit down and really concretize a five-year plan one that i could really follow through on and just have like my my checkpoints and my my go-to's my to-do's like as far as my personal career is concerned and uh, okay so the dread hasn't seeped in yet you're still dealing with all that i think that the real mentioned a lot of shit yeah the dread (laughs) is actually going to come when i'm 39 
That's oh, when I'm going to okay. feel the dread because oh, no. 39 is like there's only one year left. It's like Busta Rhymes extinction level event. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think you just don't want 40 to creep up on you, I think is the goal. That's my thing is I feel like you should do whatever it takes to make the dread hit you now. You know what I mean? You got to get, get it over with. Did you have dread at 35? You're talking no, about the dread. I had it way younger. What, what age? <sighs> Probably like 27. Yeah, okay, but that's not, I know what you mean. I had it then, too, but that's not the... Then there's another one that comes. Wow, what's the next one? 30. Third, no, you had it at, at 27. The first 30, one okay, is 25. The quarter century crisis is a real thing, and then it's five-year no. increments. It's 25, 30, 35, 40. From 40 onward, you're, you're old, you're done. Like, just, just, you know. Well, 40 is a real one, so I think 35 hits people because of the proximity to 40. I agree. But yeah. even though, I mean, when you hit 35, like when Mike I just hit don't understand what's the difference between 35 and 40. No, 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 no. It's a big one. What is it? 40 is big. 40 what, is what's big. the difference? 40 is full 40 fledged adulthood. You're super grown. You're grown, grown in a way that, like, if you're a woman, you can you don't even know if you're going to have babies anymore at 40. Like, okay, 40 is okay. for real, you're for a real. woman, yeah, yeah. But even for a dude too as a guy like the social pressure to have your shit in order by the time that you're 40 because 40 onward that's like the the meat of your of your adult life but i mean you don't feel that way now i feel like i'm i've i have been in the best years of my life for like uh at least like the the past four or five years have been the best years of my life so far and my whole thing is i want to perpetuate that well into my 40s so that I can enter my 50s and uh, do something uh, really charitable, like, 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 like philanth- philanthropic, and then I could enter my 60s feeling accomplished. I mean, 40 is different, like, because we still have the idea of what 40 used to be. Yeah. Because we're, and, and 40 used to be grown, grown, like, hella grown, like, like, super grown. <laughs> Yeah. Like, your kid was about 16 years old by the time you were 40. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 40 used Definitely. to be your second wind, essentially. Yeah. Now it's not that anymore. Now it's like, it's... It's like the beginnings of full-fledged exactly. adulthood. Exactly, that's it. Like. So it is a little bit different. It used to be like, holy shit, 40. But it's not that anymore. But it is time to like... Yeah, it's... I think 35 is a good place. It's just you have to... You just don't want 40 to I just creep don't up see on you. what... Like, me personally, I don't know what's going to happen at 40 that I don't feel now at 35. It's five years down the line. Do you know how quick that is? Yeah, but it's also like... like it's a second. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to close your eyes, open them, and you're going to be 40. If you're not being... That's why if you let it creep up on you. But, like... Or if you work really fucking hard. Think back to the uh, episodes, two specific episodes. Refer back to the Mackie interview and refer back to the JT Soul interview. We all came off as being young for our age in terms of the way that we look, the way that we that we go about and I I would say the way that we feel, like it's a feeling, you know what yeah. I mean? I think that the difference between 35 and 40 is major because the social pressure but also just time continuing to wear on the body and time continuing to wear on but the thing is, like, the thing ahead. about the Mackie and the JT thing is why we seem young is because we're all projecting this idea of what 40 is. Like you were saying, 40 fucking 15 years ago. Was different than it is that now. That was a grown-ass motherfucking man. Yeah. I, mean, I think it goes back to, you know, the, 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 the individual versus the, the community 
aspect of it. It, it, it really does. It, the, the more that we focus on, on self-preservation, there's a difference between, you know, self-preservation and autonomy. You want to be able to, to operate in a, in a way that you're, you're, you're unfettered. You can, you can do as you, as you please. And, That's and the problem. It could be done equitably, though. It could be done equitably, I think. Yeah. It's your communist. Am I? Sounds like it. No. No. He's not. Like, I'm a sovereigntist, but not in the French way. You're like a libertarian, almost more. Something like that. Yeah, like you want guidelines, sort of, but you want everyone to be able to operate. Like you believe in a code that you think everyone should operate under, sort of. I think that everybody has a, has a moral obligation to, to do right. You know what I mean, and uh, you know society doesn't function if people are aren't doing right. And defining what's right is is ultimately according to each clan and whatever you own, you 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 you, you own. You know what I mean. So go and get yours and make it how you want it. And make it according to what you think is right, but make sure that it's actually right because you're going out into the real world, and in the real world actions carry consequences. I don't think there's that many rights is my issue. That's like, I don't think it is a, you do what you think is right. Because like... But I think that everybody gets the right to define it. But why? That's why. Because I was like, why do I think he's libertarian? Cause, but that's why you're it's libertarian. That, yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like waiting for it. I was like, what is it? That's why. Because everyone has the right to well, define. Yeah, because that's why conflict arises. Because everybody has the right to... But that's the issue. Is like, even though I think that people... A kind of shitty overall. I think a lot more problems would get fixed if not for just an actual small amount of really rich people. You know what I mean? Like there's people making things happen. You know what I mean? That, well, like, they have a vested not... interest in maintaining the status quo. That's yeah. the issue. It's like we all we're well, all like, why don't money we? Off of it. Yeah, the the world being bad actually helps them. So it's like until they, yeah, there's a. a part of the population that's small but powerful and they have a vested interest in the rest of us not fulfilling our best like selves yeah. sort of it's like essentially they live either on the chaos the status quo the infighting all those things benefit them so it's like I don't think it's an accident that the world is the way it is I think it's staged that way well, what do you what are your what are your what is your point no, no point. I just don't understand what this 40 thing is. That's it. Just like, I don't understand how why you haven't felt that way already. You know what I mean? Of course I do. Yeah, well, you're saying like, no, at 40, I'll start feeling this way. Because it no. doesn't finish when you enter your 30s. It finishes when you enter your 40s. When you enter your 30s, like, you're getting into it. When you enter your 40s, you're getting out of it. You're getting out of it. I just think of- that if you think at 35, this will happen when you're 40, then it's like, you're going to think that at 40, at 50. You're like, it's just going to keep extending. This is just a feeling you're coveting. Wait, like, no. But I'm not saying, like, I'm, I'm not saying... Like, I, I, all that panic that I, I'm saying I'm going to feel at 40, like, I'm not saying I don't feel it now. And I completely agree. You can, like, I'm not, like, displacing something seven years in the future and thinking it's all good until then. But I'm saying I'm going to be super conscious of that feeling so that in seven years 
it doesn't sneak up on me and I fucking want to kill myself because I'm unhappy about where I'm at. Yeah. I'm saying, like, I'm going to take 40 seriously so that I don't look back and think, what the fuck was I doing the same way I did in my 20s because I wasn't consciously in my own life, essentially. Because you weren't focused, you didn't have a goal, you didn't have the right people around you that were supportive toward you achieving a goal. Yeah. Well, I had, I mean, I I don't think I could have done it any differently, and I had to go through what I had to go through, but now that I have gone through that, I'm going to make, like, the best of the fucking situation. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to waste more time. Yeah. But you feel the same way. We've yeah, but I feel that way now. Yeah, of course. That's you feel a I'm sense saying. of urgency now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. No, I feel that same sense of urgency. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not thinking it's all good for seven years until I reach there. But I just want to be conscious of how I know I'm going to feel at 40. So that I don't want to look back and be like, I don't want to think I'm old now. So that when I hit 40, I look back and I think I was not old at 33 and I wasted that. Like I Oh, wanna, yeah. No, yeah. I understand that. I'm just saying I feel like you should try to make that feeling hit now. Well, <laughs> and move forward right away. Well, my bigger problem is that I can be super consumed by that feeling, so I'm trying to alleviate that feeling a little bit by giving myself a buffer okay. where I can like breathe until that feeling hits me full-fledged. But yes, I'm super conscious of the urgency with which... Well, the remedy to dread is acceptance. So the, fir- the sooner you accept 100%. where you are, the better you feel about being where you are. And that's my whole thing. I'm not where I was, where I wanted to be when I was 18. And I said, by the time I'm 35, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be whipping range, and you know what I mean, like all of that shit, you know. But that's where fine. did you think you'd be at, like at yeah, 18? I, 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 Is that actually it? Yeah, I 100% wanted a Range Rover. I wanted, uh, I wanted to have bought my 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 mama a house and to have put it in a wrap and to have a, a sustainable career in the music and entertainment fields. That's what I thought. I don't think I could picture it back then. Like, I don't think I ever thought about it. No, you lived very... I did, too. I lived very, like, in the moment. Like, I, I didn't have any long-term goals. I thought about all the wrong things. I thought about the outfits that I'd be rocking, and the, whips <laughs> that I'd be, the whips that I'd be whipping. Focus on the wrong things. Yeah. No, I mean, I wish I thought about it at some point. Yeah. Just for, for a little bit, at least. You never did. Well, <laughs> no, you I don't just think so. thought about being successful, but you didn't think about yeah, what that meant. Yeah, but it was meant. just a vague concept. Yeah, it was just yeah. um, a, a making it thing. But yeah, but you weren't thinking about the house or where you'd want to live or what no, you want to. No, none of that. Huh? Weird, eh? Why do you think? I don't know. Are you guys happy? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Well, I mean, like content, content, happy. I think there's. There's more levels of happy I could definitely reach. <laughs> you could, yeah, certainly. But I'm doing all right for now. I think that uh, in your case, being a survivor, it kind of like instills you with uh, with an innate gratitude that people who are able-bodied might never really feel unless like they ever have that threatened. You know what I mean? Like, I see so many people. Ha- with, like my own my own lady has like myriad health problems, and I'm just like I don't have a fucking thing wrong with me, and I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. Like the worst thing about me is that I have a snaggle tooth and a LeBron hairline. That's it. Like everything else is in perfect working order. I'm such yeah. a lucky man. No, that is lucky. That's what I'm saying. Man. That's why I can't complain. That's why like birthday weekend, I'm surrounded by a bunch of love by by great people that uh, that I've. Uh, you know that I deal in now that like people that I that I hadn't seen in years that decided to pop up just because like I hit them with the invite like mm. 
you cannot feel appreciative of, of what you have you know what I mean and uh, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to ride that 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 good vibe and uh, and let that inform like the, the the one day at a time that's gonna lead me to where I want to be so that by the time I'm 40 I can finally hit the studio and be like I got it gratitude is the way forward in happiness I think it's it's uh, the way to yeah to be happy yeah for the most it's one of the ingredients to happiness I would say it's not the only yeah. ingredient to happiness but are the other two ingredients attitude and catitude <laughs> disgusting mm. <laughs> but the 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 weird thing is that Mike would well maybe say the getting well I don't know I don't want to put words in your mouth but, uh, well I mean it's a cliche yeah yeah it, it is what it is it's but then like, it's like one of the best cliche. things that happened to you yeah of. yeah definitely they say that uh if your attitude is gratitude, that's what determines your altitude. But I dare say that all of that is only predicated by your aptitude. Oh, my Shit. God. He threw a lot yeah. of words in. Yeah, I forgot about aptitude, <laughs> but that one fit perfectly. Man. I'm pretty good at what I do, man. <laughs> Hire me for your bar mitzvahs and quinceañeras. Mm-hmm.